It's so good to be here this morning. So uh, today's Communion Sunday, uh, which is pretty cool. So Debbie may have already said I was out of the room trying to compose myself, but we're doing it a little bit differently today. We're going to just spend some time just reflecting on the glory of Jesus, and then we're going to get into worship and just lift Him up from that place, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm just going to grab my drink because I'm still recovering. My kids are getting heavier and heavier. I seem to, each Sunday I inherit more children. Well, no, I leave them behind, but it's okay. I will have a third, third wee child in about three weeks, which is going to be pretty fun. Looking forward to that. So, good times. So, communion, I like this thought. Communion, taking communion, is a simple act to remember the greatest act there ever was. You know, we just take a moment of time to remember a moment that changed the rest of time which is so cool. And like some of us have had communion so many times and a few of us, like Judas had it once, which is pretty cool. So if you've not had communion before, communion is just a really incredible moment. We remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. A week before Easter camp this year, we, we had communion upstairs in Super Church for the first time. Um, and for some reason, Judah, who's three, uh, didn't want to be in his program. So he was up sitting on my knee while I was explaining uh, the Last Supper and Jesus on the cross to the kids. So we're sitting there and I'm talking about how, you know, Jesus had his friends and they're sitting at this table and they're having a big feast. And then Jesus says, hey, I'm about to do something amazing. I'm about to give my life for you guys. I'm about to lay it all on the table and it's all or nothing right now. And so he took this bread and he says, I'm going to break this bread. And this bread is like my body that's going to be broken for you. And so he breaks the bread and then he says, then he pours this drink of wine. And then the kids go, we're not allowed wine. And this other kid goes, I had wine last night when we had communion at home. And the other kid's like, oh, you're not allowed to have wine. And so we're trying to like refocus, refocus. Because this next part's going to blow your mind. It says, you know, he pours the drink. He says, drink this and remember me. This is like my blood that will get spilled for you. And then, and then the story goes on. And then he said, um, one of you is going to betray me to make this happen. And that was Judas. And then all of a sudden, my son, Judah, on my lap, cries out in indignation. He goes, no, I didn't. <laughs> and all the kids go, what? He goes, I didn't betray Jesus. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's okay. You're Judah. He's Judas. It's a slight difference, but it's a big difference. And so three weeks later, we haven't talked about this again. Three weeks later, we're driving around in Vicargo. And I just like sharing stories when I preach, by the way. I'm a youth pastor and kids pastor, so if you're not telling stories, kids will just get up and leave. You guys are polite, but you might just zone out. So I'm just I'm telling stories today. And uh, so we're driving the car in Invercargo, and it's the beautiful sunny day. It's a miracle. And uh, you know it, Danny. Don't lie to me. And uh, he's in the back seat, and we're just, just driving. I'm not talking. And he goes, Daddy, was Judas a bad guy? And I'm like, what? He goes, Judas, is he a bad guy? Because Judah knows there's good guys and there's bad guys and good guys wear capes and bad guys take money from banks and you tell them off till they become good and give it back and they have quiet times when they're in time out. And uh, so I'm like, well, it's hard to explain. He was kind of a bad guy, kind of, but it's a bit of an in-depth story. And he goes, oh, how can we have to eat Jesus's bones? <laughs> so communion, it's an amazing thing, but it's, it's a confusing thing. It's confusing to be like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this bread. I'm like, mmm, Jesus tastes so good. And I'm going to wash him down with a bit of his blood. I'm like, yeah, this is weird. But it's incredible. 
It's an incredible thing. What I want to do today is I want to share some stories of the times where remembering what Jesus did dramatically affected my life. Because when we take communion and we go, man, I'm going I'm to refocus on the greatest reality there is. All those sub-realities that are going around my life and my health and my finances and my stress, all of a sudden, they've all got to fall in line with this one simple truth that Jesus is for me yesterday, today, and forever because of what He did. And so a few years ago, before I was back here, about five years ago, I'm in Invercargill again. I'm, I'm in ICC, and Ian Wright, who's the senior pastor there, he'll be preaching at conference next week, which is going to be pretty cool. And so I'm there, and it's an all-night prayer meeting, and I'm a morning person. And uh, like nighttime comes around, I'm like, who invented this thing? Are you serious? And uh, so it's all night. It's either 11 p.m. or 2 a.m. I don't remember which, but they're both the same to me, like it's ungodly times. And they've just finished watching Furious Love. Like we've been worshiping for a few hours, watched the Furious Love DVD, which is just heart-wrecking. And then they, they take communion. And so I'm sitting up, the auditorium slants like this, and I'm at the top on the left, and the communion tables are down there. And so I walk down quietly, and I get a piece of bread, and I, and I get a drink, and I, I sit down, and I, and I eat the bread, and I'm like, oh, it's a bit dry. And then I, I have a drink. And as I begin to drink this, I feel God speak to me, and He says, you know when you get those guys at the pub, which you guys don't know about, and, I, and they're like, you know, to the glory of this, and you know, to my car. And everyone's like, yeah, your car. You know, and all this stuff. And He goes, when you drink this, you drink to your victory. I'm like, wow. And he goes, and you drink to your health. And you drink to freedom. And you drink to glory. You drink to your marriage. You drink to wholeness. You, dr you drink to this, to this. And he begins to list off all these things that I'm drinking, not just the forgiveness of my sins, but the full sozo, the fullness of who he is. I begin to drink this over myself like a medicine. And it begins to impact me. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And it's like I actually tasted a little bit of Jesus. I like this thing, like when you taste Jesus, one taste isn't enough. Like when you taste this reality, it's like, man, all other realities, now I just, you, you've lost your glimmer to me. Like you just, what, what used to be amazing, now I'm just like, why was you, why were you important to me when, oh my gosh, the beauty of who He is. And so I look around and there's, there's so many cups left. And I'm like, I don't really care about the bread because I was thirsty. And so I go down, I'm like, I'll get another one. And I sit there and I'm like, God, I, I drink to your love. I drink to our relationship and I have another one. And I'm like, wow, look around, there's still more. So I go down and I get another one. And I'm like, this is amazing. You know, it's really late and now I'm just drinking straight sugar and mixed with God. It's just like incredible. And so I'm drinking this. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And I'm like, God, I just want you around me so much. I don't want you just here in, in like my throat part where the drink's gone. Um, I want you all over me. So I look around and like people may see me. I'm becoming self-conscious, but I don't care. I go down, I get another one and I tip it on me because I'm just like, God, I want to be like, I want to be covered. And for a moment, I'm like, this is the greatest moment ever. It's like, you know, in the Bible, they're anointing with oil. And it's like, oh, I'm like anointed with the victory of the blood of Jesus. And then it runs onto my forehead. I'm like, this is incredible. And then I'm like, oh my God. Gosh, it's stinging my eyes. Jesus, you hurt. But nevertheless, you know, it impacted me hugely, this revelation. Like, um, you know, Paul says, you know, I, I pray that you would know my love and my peace, but it surpasses understanding. So I pray for an experience that you would know. And I, I experienced communion. I experienced sitting with him and, and just tasting his victory. Jump forward a few years later, and uh, 
I'm here, I'm the kids pastor and I'm the youth pastor and life's pretty fun. I've got two kids and Judah's amazing and Jasmine's like an unbelievable blessing challenge. And it's like, you know, most of her body is covered in eczema and she's always itching herself and like sleep just doesn't really exist anymore. And I'm like, ah, yeah, you know, but then it just gets worse. This one night she just wakes up and she's just screaming. You know, like, and Jasmine's the type of girl that you can, you can let cry to her sleep to, like, it's 10 days later. She will not fall asleep, you know. You've got to, like, she just won't self-soothe. And so, like, I'm, I'm up there and I'm rocking her and stuff and, like, about 40 minutes rocking her to sleep, lay her down to bed. An hour later, she's up again screaming. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, up there rocking her to sleep, putting her back to bed. This goes on for a couple of nights. I'm like, this is nuts. You can just cry yourself to sleep, but it doesn't work. And so this goes on and on and on, like weeks are passing. And it gets to the point, the only way she'll sleep when she wakes up is if I lie on her floor and she'll sleep with her head under my chin and I'll lie there with her face just nestled under me and she'll calm down and go to sleep. And I'm like, this is, this is not a normal, this is not normal fear. And so like, I'm praying through her room before she goes to bed. Like I'm worshiping in her room. I'm praying in tongues over her. I'm declaring peace. I'm, I'm, you know, all the stuff that you could do, I'm doing it. And nothing is working. Like nothing is working. And this goes on for six weeks. And I'm just, I'm shattered. Like I'm a shell of a person. Like, and, like, I'm rocking up to work and people are like, you know, how's the ministry? And I'm like, who cares? I just want to sleep, you know. Like it's kind of thing where you'd you'd go and you'd close the car door and the seatbelt's jammed in the door. You got to open it. Just like, oh God, you hate me. Just let me. Like I I sleep nine to ten hours every night, and and once a fortnight I'll have a three hour catch up on the Sunday afternoon. Like I need a huge amount of sleep. So four hours a night for a million years is just not going to cut. Like this God, this is like hell on earth. And and for some reason I'm just just can't get a breakthrough. And so I get to the point and I go, That's it. I've had enough. If, if I'm going to sleep on your floor every night, then I'm going to do it in style. So I get a wee bed in there, make up a bed. And I'm like, tonight when I get home, I'm just going to start sleeping in, in your room. Because then at least I've only got one meter to move instead of you know, up the stairs in there and I'm lying on this cold floor. But I call Mitch because when, when things are just like, I don't know what to do, who are you going to call Mitch? Because Ghostbusters aren't real. And so I call Mitch and I'm like, mate, you got to come hang out with me. Let's, let's have communion because I've tried everything else. And so like, I'm not into little communion. So we get these big cups, fill them up right up to the top. We get the deep fry cranking, get the fish going in that thing and like deep fry this big meal up and we're sitting there just in, out there on like some random night after church. I'm on the blue couch with my back against the big sliding wall. This was like a year ago. And I remember like every moment and and we're just there and we've been chatting about just cool things that God's done. Just sharing stories. Not trying to build an atmosphere. It's just what we were doing. And it's just, just a nice space. And then we go, God, we thank you for your body and we thank you for your blood. And we ask that you just have communion with us tonight. And all of a sudden it's like whoosh. Like it wasn't an atmosphere shift. It was like an atmosphere like tenfold. Like the room filled with the space. And I remember sitting there being like, Oh my gosh, this just got intense really quick. This is so intense right now. And we're sitting there, we're cutting up our fish, and I remember God speaking into my heart saying, Jared, you don't need to pray. You don't, you don't, need, to, you don't need to pray about Jasmine. I, I know what's going on. Tonight when you go home, don't sleep in her room. Go to your room, go to bed. I've taken care of it. 
And so I go home and have the most amazing night's sleep and then night after night after night, just these incredible sleeps. And I didn't even, I didn't even go, oh God, I, I need this breakthrough. All I did was go, I just want to spend some time with you because I'm tired and I'm broken. And just a simple act of remembering the greatest act there ever was, it was enough. Like every spiritual dimension, no matter what it was that was going on there that was causing this brokenness, it, it had to shift for the reality of who God was. I realigned myself with God. When you died on the cross, you died for everything. Like you died for my sins and you died for my health and you died for my finances. You died for my future. You died for my family. You even died for my sleep-filled nights that those who love you can go and you, you take them to green pastures and you give them rest. You cause them to lie down. You, you gave me peace when you did this. And every armor just shifts when we do that. So I love communion when we take communion today. It's a phenomenal act. Friends of mine, whenever they have sickness in their family, they just start taking communion every day, just regularly refreshing themselves with this, this is truth that all other truths in life are built upon this. Everything that we are is built upon the foundation of Christ. You know, God said to, to Daniel, man, there's gonna be a rock and this is Christ and, and he's gonna roll down and this, the reality of his kingdom is going to overthrow all other kingdoms. And he, he is going to be the foundation of, of a generation upon generations of my children who are going to advance my kingdom. Everything comes from this one moment. Jump forward a wee while later and um, Judah gets sick. And uh, we, call, we call the health line like you do. You know, he's pretty sick and he's, he's got a fever and his fever's right up to that part. You know, when doctors start going, oh, he could have like epileptic fits. It's like it's through the roof and he's vomiting and he's getting dehydrated. And they say, oh, you know, just keep an eye on him. If it carries on over a couple of days or it gets really worse, take him in. And so I'm keeping an eye on him and it's like, it's just not sitting right. This isn't right. This isn't normal. And so I take him into the hospital. And the time we've got to the hospital, he's, he's getting so limp, like all the colors drain from his body. He's not really talking. He's pretty lifeless. And we take him through to the emergency room. And the doctors are looking at him going, man, no, you should not have waited. Like, don't wait with this. Like, the, like the, the rest of the time, those guys are amazing. But this one time, they've got it wrong. You, you needed to bring him in. And so we're in this room and, um, you know, they're checking him and they're stripping his clothes off him and stuff like that. That's all right, buddy. You're okay with this story? Yeah, yeah. You're going to get some juice soon. That'll be cool, eh? Yeah. Um, and I remember it's like, you know, like I said, I'm not a nighttime person. I cannot stand hospitals. Like, they're amazing, but they're not a place for me. Like, put me on top of a mountain in snow, and I'm, I'm a happy man-ish. Lyndon will testify-ish. But put me in a hospital. I'm like, this is awful. This is worse than broken sleeps. And it's like 11 p.m., and it's like eight hours past my bedtime. And... I'm going to nod off real soon. And, uh, and so they bring us, you know, the, the electrolyte stuff. That, that, that is rancid. That is like rancid juice. And they give it to me in a syringe. And they say, you've got you to syringe this down his throat because we can't get some fluids in him that will stay down. We're going to have to put him on an IV drip. And I put this down his throat. And he starts gagging on it and coughing on it. And, and it just really freaks him out. And my heart just begins to break because after a few times he begins crying, going, Daddy, don't do it. Daddy, don't do it. And they go, every 10 minutes, you have to do this. Just keep doing this every 10 minutes. So I'll do it. And then it will just wreck him. And he'll, he'll just cry and beg me not to do it and try and fight me with his weak little arms. They're really tough, though. And, um, and, 
And my heart is just breaking because he's like, Daddy, don't do it. And it takes about eight minutes to calm him down and then it's time to do it again. And over and over I'm doing this and my heart is just like, I'm trying not to cry because I'm emotional at the best of times. And uh, I'm just like, buddy, I've got to do that. And he's like resisting me. And I go, God, I would do anything right now to switch places. Like anything. Like the nothing is worse to me than seeing my kids in pain. Like I would swap in a heartbeat. And I remember feeling God go, man, you know what? I got to do that. I got to swap. You know, you always have the moment, you go, God, as a parent, I'd, I'd give anything to swap. And God goes, you know, I, I gave everything to swap with you. I gave everything to swap with him. Like every heartache, every bit of brokenness, I want to be able to have a relationship with you. And I saw generations after generations walking in brokenness and under the curse in my heart. I was like, I will give anything to swap with you. Uh, and a moment came that says, like, when the time of fulfillment came, when the moment was right, it's not like God was going, oh, I just couldn't get round to it. He says, when the moment of fulfillment reached its time, I came. Because I would give anything and everything to switch places with my kids. And so, like, that moment of Jesus, like, when he's in the garden of the cinema and, he, and he's going, God, like, coming to give my life 33 years ago when we we're rocking in heaven seemed like a pretty cool idea but like this is it and this is really really gonna hurt God can we can we change tactics like I want the same result so if there's another way that we can get there let's do that but if there's not you and me we're gonna give everything to get my family back we're gonna do everything because I've got brothers and sisters that that they need to come home they need to come home. God, you've got children and they, and they need to come home. Let's do this. If there's another way, please. But if not, let's do it. And then, and then you get Jesus on the cross. Hey, buddy, Josh, can I get like some, like we're going to get into worship soon, just mood transition right there and snap back. And so you get Jesus on the cross and and he's hanging out there and, and the people that he loved, the people that he's come to save are like he's beaten and he's naked and he's broken and he's bashed and he's shamed. And he's crying out, God, forgive them too. God, I, 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 die for, I die for them as well. I die for Mother Teresa, but I die for this man who put the nails in. I love him just as much. He's my child. He's my brother. God, like, forgive them too. I die for them as well. My heart is that, that everybody in the world will come to me. God, this is it. This is the moment. And then as that moment builds and, you know, and he, the weight of sin comes on him and he goes, God, you, don't forsake me. Don't turn your face away. And I was just here this week praying. I got this picture of like Jesus, like calling and going, Daddy, don't leave me. In that moment of God going, man, I've, my son's going to go through this so that all my other children don't have to. So that all my other children don't have to be separated from me anymore. This, this one moment when we, when we take this bread, it's not like a little bit of fancy bread from Countdown and some concentrate juice. This is a symbolism of eternal victory. This is like every moment of our life is based upon this moment when Christ gave it all. When He was like, man, I will give anything to swap places. I love the world so much. This morning at breakfast, Judah goes, Daddy, I don't wanna die. He comes out with the funniest things. We while ago said, Daddy, you're all gonna die. And we're eating, he goes, Yeah, you're all gonna die. If you don't breathe, you'll die. 
This morning, he goes, Daddy, I don't want to die. I'm like, what are you on about? I was like, death isn't the end. Death is amazing. Death is when we, when we have this moment and like we weren't designed for it. But because of what Jesus did, it's not the end. It's the beginning when we come into the fullness of His glory. And Jesus is like, man, I, I gave everything that I had for you. Don't ever have moments where you doubt my goodness or you mistrust my grace because I hung on a tree and every ounce of life painfully drained from my body and I did it willingly. That was love displayed. You know, the Gospels say there's no greater love than to lay your life down for a friend. It was not put there by accident. If there was another greater form of love, Jesus would have done that. You know, what is the best? the greatest, the strongest demonstration of who I am that will take hell and death and sin and give me permission to crush it so that my children can walk in my victory and relationship with who I am that they can take communion and they can go God I drink to your glory I drink to your plan for my life. I drink to a world coming reconciled to you. I drink to broken people made whole. I drink to the sick made healed. I drink to possessed people set free and the dead raised up. I drink to a heart that's so in unison with you that it beats with the heartbeat of my Father, that my life is a life that's lived just like Christ where I only do what I see my Father doing. When things are around me and things are tough, I look and what is my Father doing? He's rejoicing in His victory. So I'm gonna rejoice because of this one moment, this one act when Christ did it all. So what I want to do this morning, we've got we've got communion here and we've got communion at the back and there's even gluten free options. Wow, thoughtful. I want to invite us this morning to take a moment and remember the greatest moment of all of history. And then we're going to worship God from a place of understanding where we remember and remind it again that Jesus gave it all for us. So if you'd like to stand now, come take me and God, I thank you that you're phenomenal and incredible and that you did it all. And this morning, God, we remember that again and we thank you, Jesus, for who you are. You're a good, good daddy. Awesome.